0: Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Cloudcast, coming to you live from our massive studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, uh, last week we had uh, Josh Atwell on, and we were talking about DevOps, and we were talking about DevOps in the enterprise, and and obviously, anytime you you get to talking about DevOps, um, you know, you, you sort of go, okay, well, that's the people side of things, but what about the thing that's ultimately driving this, which is, uh, you know, more and more companies getting back into writing software, more and more companies trying to get better at, at doing software and, And then, you know, the big sort of elephant in the room is always, well, you know, not everybody's a startup. Not everybody's a unicorn. What do I do with existing applications if we're an existing business? And so today, uh, very, very excited to have on uh, Anders Walgren, who is CTO of Electric Cloud, uh, join us today. So Anders, welcome to the show.
1: Uh, Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
0: So, um, we've, uh, we've had electric cloud on before, uh, Sam fell and I did a, a show about a year ago. It was at the, the DevOps enterprise summit. Um, we were talking a lot about, about CI and CD at that time, but, uh, you know, glad to have you on the show. Give us a little bit of your background and then a little bit of, of where you focus uh, a lot of your energies at electric cloud these days.
1: Uh, gosh, my, my background is kind of all over the place. Um, you know, uh, worked, worked on various, uh, technical things, uh, through the years, you know user interface things, uh, backend things, uh, network things kind of, kind of all over the place. And, okay. you know, got, got, got sucked into the, uh, the engineering management, uh, um, uh, uh black hole, uh, if you will, for a few <laughs> years. Uh, but then for the last, uh, uh, 12 years or so been, uh, been working as a CTO at electric cloud, really just focusing on, you know, helping our customers, uh, you know, get their software out the door essentially.
0: Right, right. And you guys, uh, you you focus a ton of your time around really just that. How do I how do I build better software? How do I organize myself? And then you know, most importantly, how do we get it back in front of in front of customers, whether those are internal or external users? Um, you know, I, I've had a chance recently, um, you know, to read through a lot of the the things that are on your blog, the Electric Cloud blog, but but more importantly, uh, a number of topics that you've been talking about, and and one of them is this you know, kind of broad area of, you know, what do you do with existing applications that people tend to call monoliths? And, and then how do you get to, you know, this, this thing that people tend to think they want to get to, or or really do want to get to, which is microservices. Um, Give us a a high level sense of, you know, kind of where your focus has been in this space. And then, you know, what are the big areas that you've really been trying to, uh, to focus on around this, this transformation area?
1: yeah i think you know i you know i think the the motivation is 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 there for for a lot of organizations to to really you know kind of go whole hog with Wim microservices and and containers too you know they mm-hmm. they they get they tend to get mentioned a lot in right. in the same breath which is you know which makes logical sense um but but i think uh, you know we're always looking for uh you know how can we suck less that, right. that's really what it comes down <laughs> to you know how can we produce software that that gets out there quickly that works that's easier to manage that you know we don't fall into the you know kind of all the traps of of waterfall development and and, and all of those kinds of things and and microservices has evolved as kind of a a pattern where you know we can we can build very complex distributed applications and And kind of take a little bit of a divide and conquer approach to it. that That's really one of the fundamental you know kind of benefits that that we're getting out of uh, microservices is is kind of looking at each kind of component or each part of the problem as its own separate thing to be solved. you know, possibly with a separate team, possibly with a separate architecture, separate tool chain, uh, all of those kinds of things and it, and it's really become a you know kind of a go to uh, architecture for applications that need to scale but they don 't necessarily need to scale the same way for all of the different pieces right. or have the same durability requirements for all the the various pieces and and, and, and things like that so it's it 's definitely a hot topic right now
0: right right yeah and i I always sort of use the analogy sometimes with people um, because if if you 're talking to a mixed audience especially and and they don 't live every day with with you know some of the technical debt that goes with software or you know, they haven't necessarily been doing it forever. Um, it's just to say, look, every one of you has a you know smartphone in your pocket for the most part. And, and periodically, um, you know, your, your phone tells you, Hey, it's time to update some software you know, that, that app, those apps you have, or there's an update to that. And, and when you ask people like, well, you know, how often does that happen? And they go, well, it, it seems to happen all the time. Like it happens on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis or on something that's not an annual basis. And, and so you you know you can sort of step back from that and say well that's you know that that's ultimately sort of the problem you're dealing with you you you're, you're trying to interact with the market in a, in a better way and, and you're going to have to do that in a more frequent way um, and I always find that's a good sort of jumping off point for people to go like oh okay that, that kind of crystallizes the problem now the the question that always comes up next is um, well you know sort of chicken and egg do I have to fix my my tooling to get there. So sort of the, you know, the CI pipelines and those sort of things, or do I have to sort of deal with the, the cultural devopsy stuff and, and reorganizing and two pizza teams. And what, what do you find in that sort of chicken and egg scenario, um, tends to work better or do you, are you seeing a pattern emerge in terms of, do I, do I evolve the technology? Do I evolve the people? Can you do one without the other?
1: It's, you know, it, it is, it is a chicken and egg problem. Um, and, and I think, you know, largely, um, you know the solution kind of, or the, the approach kind of has to fit the organization that you're in mm-hmm. a little bit. But but I mean, one thing I'll say very strongly is is if you're if you're looking to microservices to kind of decomplicate your life, <laughs> um, and you don't already have a lot of things uh, decomplicated, if you will, right. um, if you're not already good at CI, if if you already don't have a at least an okay culture to to work in, I would say work on that first. My, microservices is. You know, I don't want to say it's sort of you know it's for advanced people only, but but there's a lot of things you have to get right to derive the benefits of microservices, and there's a lot of things that can go wrong and make it more difficult to use if you're using microservices if you're not good at things like CI or automated testing or monitoring and and, and those kinds of things in production. So it is a, you know, it, it it's a, I, I hate to sort of call it an advanced technology because that's such a you know that, that that's a harsh dividing kind of word but but there are certain things that you kind of have to be good at to, to, to really get the uh, the benefits of it so if you're struggling with you know manual testing if you're struggling with unreliable CI builds in and those kinds of things focus on solving those bottlenecks first those are probably more serious bottlenecks than whether your software code is actually a monolith or or, or not right um, I, I I would say
0: yeah and I, and I think that's fair I think you know it, it sort of comes back to you know, how comfortable do you feel with change and how well do you deal with, with, you know, controlled chaos, if you will. Um, and if the answer <laughs> to those is, well, we don't, we don't deal with those very well. I think, you know, you highlight a really important thing, which is like, well, figure out how you're going to get good at that because that's, that's what this world's going to look like a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, th- those are prereqs basically for, right. for, for being successful, uh, with, with microservices. And, you know, if if you've got a it, it it's not a tool that's going to fix all your problems. Right. You know, it just it just isn't. Right. And in fact, it may really really screw things up if you you know if you do it right. So, be be careful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's a good point. It's yeah, be careful what you ask for, and and yeah, you don't you don't hear. I mean, I guess the the good part about it is you don't necessarily hear um, as many horror stories of of people doing that. But I think a lot of times um, companies do take that approach, as you said, that you might need a separate organization to at least kind of be the lighthouse for, for figuring out how are you going to deal with this chaos? And then, you know, they may evolve to become the the train, the trainer, teach the teacher sort of thing and, and, and bring that back into a broader culture.
1: That, uh, that is a good pattern. And, and, and that really, you know, if, you, if you're in a large organization and, and you have, you know, lots of, of, you know, legacy software, which I, I use that term a little bit lightly because essentially anything that you wrote yesterday or before is now legacy software. Right, so, right. you know, we have to, we have to be careful there. A lot of, a lot of times the legacy software is what keeps the lights on and keeps the money coming in. So, right. um, you know, don't, don't insult it or it may get upset. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I always sort of tell people like if, if, you know, don't, don't hate on stateful applications so much because they tend to be where the money is and,
1: uh, yeah, you, you, and you just and work Yeah. quite them. literally in the sense that, you know, that's how your bank accounts work, and you know the right. state is a, you know state is an important thing, and generally most useful things require state at some point.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, exactly. so um, you know, obviously we can't get into all of this, uh, you know, in, in thirty minutes or so. Um, we, we'll put some pointers to not only your blogs, but you've been giving a number of, of very nice talks uh, here lately, and we'll, we'll put some of the slideshare things out there. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about some of these patterns that are emerging for you know getting you from a big monolithic application to, to something that's, you know, more microservice, if you will. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of people talk about the strangler pattern, uh, that, that, ThoughtWorks and Martin Fowler and some others kind of advocate. Um, what, what do you, what do you tend to talk about? I mean, is that a common pattern that you see? Are there other sort of ways that people think about breaking them up or even just evaluating their, their monoliths first?
1: yeah you know I think there's a lot of different uh, kind of you know techniques and and approaches that you can use uh, I mean a lot of them are going to be you know kind of strangler like or or you know um, uh, working around the api borders or you know it, you know how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time right, right so right. It, it, you really have to kind of start somewhere um i i i think the uh, one place where um, a lot of the challenge is going to be is is going to be where the state is being kept mm-hmm. and and so understanding your your domain objects your 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 database tables and the relations between them and you know is this really all one schema that that is tightly bound together, or do we really have a you know a group of tables that are about users and a group of tables that are about transactions and a group of tables that are about this and you know do, do, does your domain kind of naturally split a little bit into you know, kind of uh, separate contexts that you can work in, and and often that will be a a driving force uh, for how you split up your your monolith in, into you know into smaller constituent parts, whether they be you know kind of microservices or macroservices or or you know what what have you. I I, I think it's important to uh, to kind of understand that at the data level because so often you know it's it's nearly you know, it, it, it's almost unheard of that you don't, you know, you don't deal with legacy applications that you have to deal with databases, RDBMSs. Right. And and, and so you have to look at and understand that a little bit, it, both both from the perspective of taking an existing application and, and you know, kind of migrating it uh, toward, towards a more microservices based one, but also if you're starting from scratch, because um, it, it, it's very important to uh, get your domain, uh, you know, your domains right and, and, and get your APIs between those things right, because often that will drive, you know, drive the division between the, the, the different services. And, and thus, also, you know, you kind of have to pay attention a little bit to how your teams are structured. And, and, and you know, oftentimes we talk about microservices being this awesome, cool thing where, you know, you can, you can work around the mythical man month and, and all those kinds of things. And, and it's awesome if you have a, you know, a 50 microservice application. The problem is, what if you don't have 50 teams? Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> sort of at that point you're you know, you're, you you kinda of run into reality. You run into the laws of physics. And uh and so you have to pay attention to to, you know, how are your teams structured and do you have the ability to, you know, to to build separate teams for these things? Or, or or are microservices just going to be, you know, the same one large team working on the same code, just with a better kind of structure and architecture, which is which is good too, but doesn't necessarily get you all the you know the 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 kind of really crazy benefits of, of microservices, but uh, but either way, I, I I think going into it with an open mind, understanding your domain model, understanding the kinds of problems that you're trying to solve is, is very important. Yeah. and and so it's a it's definitely a place where, um, you know the 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 people in the organization that know a lot about the the, the the application know a lot about the data know a lot about the, you know those kinds of things are are very valuable because you you need the big picture uh, to start breaking it down into smaller pictures
0: right right well and I, and I think you you know i think you you brought up two really important points, and i don 't hear them discussed all that much. one of them was um, you, you know people kind of get enamored with this idea of, of, of two pizza teams because you can you can sort of visualize it um, but you're right if you if you have you know 50 microservices for example if you if you're going to componentize your thing that much you know does it does it really make sense to have 50 teams of people working on that or or do you have to logically group them together because you know, like you mentioned, I mean, those are going to come with a certain amount of overhead. There's going to be people to manage those teams. There's going to be a certain amount of coordination between those teams. And so,
1: I don't know if you, that you that, need money to pay the teams. Too, you so you might pay small, the teams right. for small company. It may not even, you know, it may not be, even be realistic.
0: Yeah. So I I think that's a topic that that should people should kind of go explore a little bit. The other one um, that I, I've never really heard people dive into, but it makes a ton of sense, um, is this idea that you know instead of starting with uh, you know, oh, we're going to, we're going to focus on a new language or a new application framework. It's like, maybe you should be focusing on how are you going to break up that database? And is it, is it even possible? And, um, you know, I, you don't hear as many people talk about that. They kind of tend to go, well, uh, let's start over here on something new with on Mongo or something new on, on whatever. Um, but the reality is there's a lot of shops who, you know, that, that database is gold. It is there. um, you know single point of, of knowledge and everything um i don't hear that very often i think that's an area that that more and more people will probably need to explore is how do we bring the database team into this the logistics of what that means you know if you're dealing with something like oracle who knows what the licensing model would look like to break up a, a big oracle database into something smaller yeah. and yeah. Uh, but no i think that's a that's another ex- <clears throat> excellent area to go that's, explore
1: it's so frustrating when reality intrudes on our wonderful <laughs> right. know, castles in the sky, right? Exactly, exactly. Putting a <laughs> saddle. You also, and, another thing you have to think about, and 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 kind of at least you know, kind of acknowledge as part of the process is is, is kind of Conway's law. Mm-hmm. You know, the the notion that any any um, thing that an organization builds will tend to mirror the structure of that organization. You know, you have you have four teams working on a compiler, you get a four phase compiler. Right. If you, if you've got a six team. You know, kind of organization, you might end up with six microservices. Is that the right answer? Right. Who knows? Right. You know, it might it might actually be the right answer because <clears throat> it's good to be able to dedicate a team to each one. But it might also be the wrong answer because now you're perpetuating the silos and perpetuating the throwing stuff across the the fence and um, you know fling flinging code back and forth and and, and those kinds of things. So it's a, it, it is it is definitely not a. Uh, you know, it's not a silver bullet uh, uh, approach. Right. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it's something you got to think about a little bit carefully, and and it and it's difficult because it's you know just as you know ten years ago everybody had to have a cloud strategy, and everybody now has to have a container strategy, and a this strategy, and a that strategy. Sometimes these things can kind of be pushed from above. You know, right. hey, I, I'm the CIO, and I went to a conference, and this guy talked about how awesome microservices are. Let's do it. You yeah. know, and and oftentimes that is a you know that is the road to disaster. Uh, to to go at it that way, as opposed to, hey, we've got some very specific problems we're trying to solve, or we have a piece of of our application which is troublesome, or which could benefit from being written in a, you know, using a different uh, technology stack. Maybe we can you know, tease it out and run it, you know, instead of going at it more organically, people sometimes go at it more kind of top down and that isn't always the best way to do it. Right. Especially with legacy, uh, legacy teams and, and legacy applications.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think one of the things that you advocate quite a bit, um, uh, in, in your writings and your presentations and so forth is this idea that, you know, sometimes it it just, you know, the, the best first step might just be, you know, go live with your monolith, go, but go into it with a mindset of like, I need to think about w- what the interdependencies are. I need to think about what this thing looks like as services. And, and you may very well figure out that, that there's a good chunk of it that, that shouldn't change, right? Yeah. And that, and that you, you, know, you could be very successful by only making some small tweaks here and there and that it isn't a, an either or or all or nothing kind of proposition.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and I think also that applies, that advice applies to, to, to a Greenfield application when, when you're just getting started. You know, the, 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 it isn't necessarily a good idea to go create, you know, here's the 92 different microservices I think this application is going to be composed of. So you, you, you want to avoid the sort of waterfall fallacy of microservices where, oh, we know everything up front, so let's just decide how to you yeah. know, how to split things up now. Yeah. Um, you don't. You know, you, you need to let that evolve a little organically because um, especially as you start to grow a little bit, it's very expensive to shift the service boundaries, right? The, yep. That means changing APIs. That might mean changing, you know, team staffing. It might mean changing organizational structure. All kinds of things. If you're really, really, you know, diving into this. So, so I think where, where microservices are, are, are tend to get sort of more, um, you know, more attention and, and more use is is, that, is you know large modern, you know, kind of software companies that are have the benefit of a green field and have the benefit of saying, you know, this is going to be its own service. This is clearly, you know, authentication. We've got to have that as a service in our enterprise, right? Mm-hmm. So they become more sort of uh, enterprise microservices, if you will. You know, here's our authentication service. Here's our recommendation service. Here's our, you know, this service and that service. And, yeah. and, and go at it that way. But whereas if you're sitting there with, I have one application that I have to write, um, and, and today I have a blank sheet of paper, uh, start out monolithically and when you're in that situation and 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 wait for the you know the patterns you know wait for a little bit of emergent kind of uh, patterns to 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 show up and 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 suggest kind of where you might want to break things through because you know it it, it isn't necessarily a good idea to kind of on day 1 decide okay, we're going to have 17 services. You yeah. know, that, that isn't, that isn't necessarily the road you want to go down either.
0: Right, right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the last thing I want to do is sort of turn this, this discussion into sort of a, a microservices, uh, you know, bashing activity. Um, <laughs> cause obviously there's a lot of things that, that are beneficial and we see, you know, companies, uh, you know, gaining, you know, business value and, and, and getting into new markets and so forth. But, you get a chance to go off and talk to a lot of companies. You get a chance to attend a lot of events. What are you seeing, though? Just in the interest of keeping people's eyes open, what are some of the challenges of, of microservices? Obviously, we've talked about several of them here in terms of just how you organize and, and, and you know the cost of splitting things up. But just at a low level technology uh, perspective, like what are some of those things that people don't really talk enough about? Uh, I when think, you-
1: yeah, I think one thing you know, I think one thing you want to pay attention to is what is the deployment footprint of your single service? Um, and what is the technology stack behind that? Because, you know, quite, quite frankly, and I, I, I'm not bashing, you know, WebSphere, for example, but if you require a WebSphere instance with all its, you know, doodads and gigaws and, and footprint mm-hmm. for every single microservice, then you're not so micro anymore. And, mm-hmm. and, and you start to lose a little bit of the benefit that you have in, Running tons and tons and tons of these services in, say, containers, and having you know benefiting from the very low overhead that you get of running a process in a container. You know, if that process is a giant application container as opposed to a small web server or you know just a you know a single servlet or or, or, or something like that, then you're already going to start to sort of um, not get some of the benefits <clears throat> of the of the microservices, but. But you may also, you know, cause problems because now all of a sudden, you know, your your one monolith that takes, you know, two minutes to to deploy and start in in WebSphere is now, you know, ten different uh, microservices, each of which takes two minutes to start up in you know, in, 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 WebSphere, in web sphere in your containers and you can't start the 10 containers on your laptop anyway, because you don't have enough memory to satisfy the resource <laughs> need. So, so you want to be aware of those kinds of problems, right? right? If, if, right. if, you're going for a microservice, you know, pay attention to the word micro. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is actually an, an essential part of, of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, and that's difficult because if you are a, you know, a large, uh, you know, um, um, Containerized application in the J2EE e sense of container, not the the Docker sense of container. <clears throat> I just realized that word has been subverted now.
0: Yeah, the JVM, um, the Docker, yeah. Yeah, the containers and it's containers.
1: Different different kind of containers now, and 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 really, you know, if, if you end, it, it's a little bit like the. Um, you know, in Fantasia, when, when the Mickey Mouse character is, is trying to clean, and so he, you know, takes his one big broom and turns it into lots of little brooms, and, you know, then they split into smaller brooms, and so, you know, and it's chaos, right? Right. That, that's the other thing you kind of want to worry about is, is you know, d- do I have the um, technical, organizational, cultural process chops to manage 50 different services, to right. be able to, um, you know, do logging consistently, to be able to do monitoring consistently? Um, do I have the the ability to, um, you, know, do, you know, can I do things like, you know, a, a, a user request is going to touch 12 different services by the time it's been satisfied? Um, do I have the ability to correlate all the requests that be, that came and went between all those different services so that when I have to do a, you know, kind of a root cause analysis of a problem or a, or a forensic analysis after the fact, do I have the ability to go look and trace that? You know, single user request through all the different components of the system that it touched. Right. If if I if I don't have the ability to do those kinds of things, then you know every problem solving affair becomes you know becomes clue. You know who shot who with what weapon in what room, and you know what microservice screwed up, and you know where did that cascade to, and where did the symptom uh, show up. You know the symptom showed up in this service, but the cause was over here. Uh, that that game becomes a lot more complicated, and yeah. and and if you if you don't understand that or at least acknowledge that up front, um, you know, you can cause a lot of problems for yourself. And I think there will be some, you know, there will be some backlash as with everything, right? It, every tool that we have in our toolbox, um, there, there's a period that that tool goes through where everybody thinks, gosh, it's a hammer and now everything's a nail. Right, and, and right. you know, that, that will happen. That's going to happen with containers. That's going to happen with microservices. I think we're a little bit still on the climbing side of the hype curve of both of those, uh, you know, technologies a little bit. So we haven't seen all of the cautionary tales just yet. But, the, you know, they'll be out there. It yeah. doesn't mean they're bad technologies. It just means they're tools like everything else. They're good for some things, but not for everything.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I, and I think some of the things that I see, I, I see, you know, a lot of people who unfortunately will will uh, will see some of these new technologies, think they're very cool, do a little bit of, uh, you know, people will sometimes call like resume-driven development. Um, and And they yep. end up sort of reinventing the wheel of what, ultimately kind of, you know, it should be a platform and, you know, you, you watch them, they, they build something very cool. They'll go, well, I, I did, we did this great CI integration and, and then, you know, 10 minutes later, they're talking, you know, they're answering questions and somebody will say, well, you know, what was the struggle? Well, we're, we're really struggling with logging, just getting logging to work or figuring out monitoring or these things. And, and sometimes you just kind of want to go, there are platforms that exist today that just sort of do that out of the box. I'm not sure, you know, and, and you kind of want to go again, Where's, where are you providing value versus you're just, you know, kind of reinventing the wheel. And and I think, like you said, we go through these cycles every time some new shiny technology comes out and whether it's, you know, VMs in the past or containers now or functions in the future, or whatever it will be. Um, you know, we, we always have a tendency to sort of forget that, uh, you know, you don't always have to reinvent the wheel completely.
1: Hey, let's, yeah, let's no, I, as, as uh, I forget if it was Kernighan or Richie or whoever it was a said it you know, that. Everybody's doomed to reimplement Unix poorly at some point in their career. <laughs> exactly, that applies to everything we do. I think.
0: Exactly. Well, listen. Let's let's uh, let's wrap this up on a, on a on a sort of a positive note. Um, what are some examples you've seen of of people as, as you're out, you know, in the marketplace? We were, we were talking before the show. You you sort of just did a round the world tour of a bunch of different places. What? Give me some examples of people who've kind of been going through this journey, um, and are seeing some success out of this, you know, monolith to, to sort of smaller form factor, you know, paradigm that they're going through.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be completely frank, the, the, the kind of taking your giant monolith and splitting it into a hundred wonderful microservices haven't seen anybody get all the way there yet. Sure. Right. Sure. You know, and, and a lot of, re- there's a lot of good reasons for that. You know, there's, you know, you don't want to necessarily stop for two years and, you know, rewrite your app. Um, that, that, that doesn't fly. Right. So, so, yeah. We won't see a lot of that, I don't think, but what we are seeing and, and what I do see out there both with you know customers and you know people that come up and talk to me after after talks and, and those types of things, is starting to um, chip away at the monolith, starting to look for opportunities where, hey, maybe this piece of code that I'm about to add doesn't actually have to be in the monolith you know it can be its own separate service and yeah. and let's do that and and so there's quite a bit of that going on there's also quite a bit of um, hey, this application isn't very old yet, um, we're, we're still kind of new at it, um, we have an opportunity now to, 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 to get an architecture you know, kind of put in place that's going to service us pretty well. And so there's a little bit of that uh, you know, kind of happening too. And then, and then there's interesting things happening like you know, General Electric, who, who for the last few years had been on this massive kind of push for bringing Agile to the customer and, and, and really had been on a massive push for saying, hey, look, guys, we're a software company. And, and we're a very large software company, and most of the technologies that we you know, rely on for our revenue are, are entirely kind of software-driven now, right. whether that be you know, airplane engines or locomotives or you know, so much of the you – know, obviously, materials engineering and, and those kinds of things are still huge, in, in, especially in things like airplane engines. But, I mean, a lot of this is software. Yep. You know, a lot yep. of this is now software, and and, and they realized and, and said, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think it was probably Jeffrey Immelt at the time said, look, we're going to guess we're we're an industrial company, but we we live and die by software, and if we don't recognize that now, we are the ones who are going to get disrupted in in the future by some other startup, and 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 you know that has that really been an interesting kind of journey to to observe. Uh, both up close working with them as a customer as well as, you know, from a distance uh, in, in terms of how they, you know, how they talk about themselves. And, you know, for, a, you know, if you know anything about Gen- General Electric, they are a very metrics driven company. They, you know, right. they've never met a spider chart they didn't love. <laughs> uh, and, and but but the cool thing about that is, you know, they, they do put out a lot of, you know, interesting metrics and, and, and track a lot of, uh, you know, track a lot of things and, and provide, you know, quite a bit of data to, to kind of work with. Uh, when talking about you know does this approach work does that appro- work, approach work uh, uh, those kinds of things and they and they've quite frankly had a you know I think a few teams where they had some stops and starts with microservices they had I yep. believe you know one team where they said all right we're we're going home. we're microservices we're doing this and and they got a few weeks or months out of the road and and realized you know what that's not our problem yeah. you know our problem is something else but they had the maturity to realize that you know they had the maturity to realize hey this cool new thing we thought we wanted to use and thought would solve our problems—that's uh, not actually the thing that's going to solve our problems. Yeah, and and it's kind of cool to see that as well. To say, I, you know, it, I, I know it's the bright, shiny new thing, but I'm going to look away and focus on what the real problem is. And and you need to do a little bit of that too. So, uh, yeah. you know a little bit of rea- reality has to creep into the uh, to the to the to the daily events uh, now and again.
0: Yep, yep. No, and I think it aligns to, to what I see as well, which is, uh, you know, there there are some basic hygiene things that. That some of these companies do that end up being successful that they sort of do that aren't going to get them a, a press release. But it's, you know, it is uh, going out and hiring probably some new uh, development talent, right? Being able yep. to, to realize they have to start recruiting and that, and that recruiting effort is highly, highly competitive. And so you're seeing yep. more and more, you know, whether it's, you know, General Electric, it's Capital One, it's, you know, it's whoever yep. it is, is, is out there, you know you're like, wait, you're a bank. Why are you recruiting software developers? Oh yeah. Because you want to be a software company. Um, yep. and then, you know, just from, uh, you know, looking at your applications, there are some things where, uh, just taking the things that are basically commodities and, and recognizing their commodities and saying, look, uh, like you said, authentication, I could break that out. Um, yep. maybe it's a, maybe it's a load balancing or a caching tier or something that you say, Hey, look, that kind of has to scale. It's, I need it for the application, but I don't really need it bundled in the application. I, I could yep. probably break. And they're all sort of, you know, commoditized things, things you can find in open source, uh, you know, program, you know, p- uh, project for, or a library for um, it's, Pretty straightforward to break it out from from what you're doing, and, and you're not blowing up the application. And you start yeah. to force yourself to go, "Hey, can I test this? Can I can I automate it? Can I do those things?" And once you've once you've got those muscles built up a little bit, then you know you, you can go out and figure out, like you said, uh, how to really attack. You know, do I change the business? Do I change the software application? What, what where am I comfortable making changes?
1: Yep, it, you know, it truly is one of those things, and it, it, you know, and it drives um, you know it drives executives crazy. But it, but it's kind of a true thing, which is. A lot of these problems, we don't know how to solve them until we get partway into it, yeah. and, and sometimes that partway in is like twenty-five percent, fifty percent, and that's very scary. Right. Um, right. But it, but it, you know, software is not like building bridges. No, you know, it it really is not. You know, the, there are not a whole lot of new technologies being invented in building bridges. You know, they're pretty much the same. They've always been. They're prettier. You know, maybe a few new technologies have emerged. The the concrete is better. I don't know, but but, it, 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 you know, people that tell me, hey, we build bridges all the time, that's me crazy. It is not, it is not at all like building bridges. There's much more <laughs> yeah. new tech. You know, what if every nope. day and while you're building your bridge, you're halfway through building your bridge and somebody comes along and says, hey, we invented this cool new thing. Let's build the rest of the bridge using that cool new thing. You know well, that would never happen. It just you know it's a crazy, crazy world.
0: The uh, the physics of bridges is about uh, seven hundred years old, and the uh, the math of software is about fifty years old. So put that exactly. put that in perspective. Yeah. So
1: exactly, yeah, we're we're still very new at this. We exactly. really, really are
0: exactly. Well, listen, cool, Anders. Thank you so much for the time today. I really enjoyed the conversation, folks. Um, Anders, where can where can people go find out more about what you're doing or what uh, what Electric Cloud is doing?
1: You can always check uh, check out our uh, our blog uh, blog.electriccloud.com Lots of stuff happening there. Um, we have a uh, every two week uh, podcast that we do, uh, Sam Fell and I do with uh, uh, called uh, C9D9 Continuous Discussions, where we talk about you know Agile, CD, DevOps, all of those things. And, and and luckily, it's not just Sam and I talking. We every every time have a you know we have a, a, a panel of people and mm-hmm. just talk for an hour on a, on a on a um, on a google hangout so that's another way to kind of get into it and there's a ton of those on the website as well so awesome. uh, plenty of material out there to, uh, to to discover this stuff with
0: awesome we will get those in the show notes folks thanks so much for listening for uh, for aaron and andrews thanks so much and we will talk to you again soon thank you for listening to the cloudcast please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows show notes videos and everything social media